RTHK News. Good afternoon. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The government expands social distancing measures and extends them for two weeks. A legislator warns of another wave of COVID-19 infections. Now the lockdown on Wuhan has been lifted. The government is urged to give street cleaners the protective gear they need to stay safe. And the number of new police recruits has dropped by 40%. The government is extending social distancing measures until at least the 23rd of this month. It's also added beauty and massage parlours to the places of entertainment that have to close for the time being in the battle to curb the spread of COVID-19. Janice Wong reports. With the coronavirus pandemic still raging around the globe and with the number of local infections jumping from less than 400 to more than 900 in the past two weeks, the health secretary Sophia Chan says social distancing measures must continue. Overall, we still have double-digit increases in new coronavirus cases, although the figure has fallen slightly compared to the peak. But we still have to continue to monitor the situation, especially when we have quite a few imports cases. At this time, we feel that we should continue to maintain social distancing. Restrictions on public gatherings and enforced distancing between tables at restaurants will be extended by at least another two weeks, while bars, karaoke clubs, gyms, game centres and mahjong parlours will remain closed. Beauty and massage parlours will join them on Friday. But why shut them down now? Beauty parlors and massage parlors are comparatively high-risk places. We've seen some of the infections occur at these kinds of venues. So we feel that we should close them for 14 days at a time when we are still focusing on social distancing measures. Professor Chan says since the social distancing order was made, police and staff from the Food and Environmental Hygiene and Home Affairs departments have been busy checking up on venues affected by the restrictions. Professor Chan says enforcement has been smooth. She said officers had occasionally encountered uncooperative residents and issued fines. She said the government would continue to review the situation in light of developments in the health crisis. Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kaki says social distancing will never end and Hong Kong people will continue to suffer unless the government elevates border measures against the coronavirus. Dr Kwok feared a new wave of infections coming from the mainland as a two-and-a-half-month lockdown in Wuhan ended today. He urged the government to test everyone coming from the mainland if it still refused to shut the border. For those coming from Wuhan, they must be retained in a named premises to have the deep flow saliva tested being done. Only until the result is proven to be negative, then they would be allowed to enter Hong Kong to continue the 14 days quarantine period. Unless the government is willing to do so, we are going to anticipate another wave of the import of the disease to Hong Kong. The social distancing will never end and all sectors in Hong Kong and all citizens in Hong Kong need to suffer and bear the burden. A top microbiologist has warned against complacency despite fewer imported coronavirus cases being reported and local transmissions remaining stable. Dr Siddharth Sridhar from the University of Hong Kong gave his support to prolonging the social distancing measures. Not a time for complacency. I do notice that many people have the attitude that once you wear a surgical mask, you're basically immune from COVID-19 and you can go about to restaurants or shopping malls or other indoor areas without concern for yourself or your family. That's simply not true. Surgical masks do not protect you 100%, so it's still important to keep up these distancing measures until we can really be sure that community transmission is not happening in Hong Kong. 
The hospital authority says it's seen an improvement in the time it takes for new coronavirus patients to be admitted to hospital after the addition of second-tier isolation beds. At the peak of the shortage of such beds, patients had to wait for over a day before hospitals had space for them. The authority's chief executive, Tony Coe, told lawmakers that the wait has now been shortened to under 24 hours on average after around 100 recovering coronavirus patients were sent to the second-tier isolation beds. He spoke through an interpreter. Basically, we're able to admit them within the same day. Usually, if you look at the figures in the morning, usually it's a single-digit figure. We're still uh, contacting the patients. You have to understand that after confirming a case, you need to inform the patient. The patient may make some preparations, and it also depends on the conditions of the patient. If the symptoms are more visible and if uh, the patient is uh, having uh, serious conditions, he or she will be admitted to the A&E department. Dr Ko also says the authority's stocks of protective gear have improved, but he says supply is still tight due to the pandemic. To other news, figures from the Security Bureau show the number of new police recruits has dropped by around 40% as Hong Kong was being rocked by anti-government protests. During that time, more than 400 junior officers also left the force. Timmy Sung reports. According to documents submitted to Lashko's Finance Committee, the force recruited just over 760 officers between April and February, a 40% drop compared to the number recruited in the previous financial year. The number of applicants also plummeted by a similar percentage to less than 11,000. And during the social unrest, the number of officers who quit between June and February was 446, a jump of almost 40%. Most were junior officers, citing family and personal reasons, early retirement or resignation during training. The police's reputation was badly tainted during the months of anti-government protests, with allegations of police brutality against protesters and mistreatment of detainees. The police have blamed what they called fake news on a loss of confidence in the force, which has been given a manpower boost in the next financial year. The government has been urged to do more to ensure street cleaners have enough protective gear when they do their job. Many lawmakers at a LegCo Finance Committee meeting said cleaners, many of whom are hired by government contractors, were given only a few surgical masks each week. Officials said contractors were responsible for providing masks, but authorities had also given over 300,000 masks to cleaners in February. Democrat Helena Wong says the government needs to do more. They only have very uh, limited face masks and most of them do not have eye masks. I think the government need to do more, uh, not just put the duty to those contracting our company. There are times that it's very difficult for those uh, companies to search for masks. It may not be the case that they don't want to provide such materials and uh, masks to their workers. If this is the case, the government need to step in. A group of activists have staged a protest at Government House demanding the chief executive pay 80% of wages to workers who've lost their jobs or have been badly hit by the coronavirus pandemic. The League of Social Democrats and the Labour Party say it's most what they call politically idiotic that the chief executive, Carrie Lam, is getting a pay rise in such difficult times where many grassroots have already lost their jobs. They say the money would be capped at $16,000 a month. The league's vice chair, Leung Kwok Hung, says the least the CE can do is to listen to their months-long demand for a subsidy. I think it's shameless. When she donates one month of her salary, she make a big show. Now she wants to get it back, so follow the rules, and then eventually she will get the donation back. But 
in the other way round, those who have been suffering for three months, they are still suffering. I mean, it's very hypocritic, shameless. A study by conservation group WWS suggests there's overwhelming public support for closing wildlife markets to prevent future coronavirus outbreaks. The WWF surveyed nearly 5,000 people in five Asian markets, including Hong Kong. Of the nearly 1,000 respondents from Hong Kong, 94% said they would support government efforts to close such markets. WWF Hong Kong's Director of Conservation, David Olson, says people are increasingly aware of the dangers these markets pose. So if you have a disease outbreak occurring in one place, it can very rapidly move to other places as people are moving around and... and, uh products are moving around and the wildlife is, is being moved around. It takes a concerted effort on the part of governments to really reduce the risk throughout the region and globally. As we've seen, it only takes one event to go around the world. So these markets and the wildlife trade, it's a recipe for disaster. There's been a jump in the mainland's new coronavirus cases in the latest 24-hour period. There were 62 new cases, up from 32 a day earlier. McDonald's will tonight resume its evening dine-in services after a suspension for two weeks when only takeaways and deliveries were allowed after 6pm. A charity said the suspension affected hundreds of homeless people who would seek refuge in the fast food chain's 24-hour branches overnight. Jeff Rotemeyer, the founder of Impact HK, says it earlier crowdfunded around $700,000 to provide hotel stays for around 50 of these so-called muck refugees. While I'm grateful that you know McDonald's are going to open up the doors again for 24 hours, you know, I'm grateful for that because that's going to mean that you know hundreds of individuals are going to be able to go back and find a safe place to a somewhat safe place to sleep. You know, I understand that, you know, fast food restaurants, that's not the solution uh, for homelessness in Hong Kong. And I hope that the Hong Kong government will stop taking for granted the amount of shelter that is being provided by McDonald's. You know, it's time for the government to see this as something that's unacceptable and they need to take quick action to remedy that. President Trump has accused the World Health Organization of bias towards China and performing badly in the coronavirus pandemic. He threatened to freeze U.S. funding to the WHO, but then backtracked, saying he would strongly consider such a move. He also told a White House briefing that his government would shortly have another 110,000 ventilators at his disposal to help people seriously ill with the coronavirus. He said the ventilators, along with 9,000 already stockpiled, would be available to American states and some could also go to other countries needing them. We have a total of 110,000 ventilators coming over a short period of time. I don't think we'll need them. Hopefully we won't need them. I don't think we'll need anywhere near them. But we'll have them for the future and we'll also be able to help other countries who are desperate for ventilators. The UK called today and they wanted to know would it be possible to get 200 and we're going to work it out. The acting secretary of the Navy in the United States, Thomas Modley, has resigned after criticism of his handling of a crisis in which the commander of a ship stricken by COVID-19 was removed from his post. To finance news, to currencies, the US dollar is trading at 108.85 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 8 cents, and the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 54 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 24,013, that's 239 points down on the previous close. And now with the sports news, here's Atom Joan. We start with football news. For years, there have been claims that the decision to award World Cup hosting rights to Qatar and Russia were rigged. 
But now U.S. prosecutors have revealed allegations of corruption against former FIFA executives. Here's the BBC's Alex Capstick. Now for the first time written down in black and white, we have formal and detailed allegations of bribery. Prosecutors in New York, um, they claim that three former senior South American football officials accepted payments for their support of Qatar's bid. They include uh, Nicholas Leos, a long-time president of Comnebol, that's the governing body for South American football. He died last August after avoiding extradition. And Ricardo Teixeira, who was in charge of the Brazilian Federation for a long time, he's also escaped extradition to the US. Also named in the indictment is Jack Wall who ran football in the Caribbean had received uh, five million dollars from from various shell companies for backing Russia both Russia and Qatar have always denied any wrongdoing Meanwhile, FIFA have now confirmed their decision that the summer transfer window will be moved. Contracts ending on the 30th of June will also be extended for a short period. The former FIFA Player of the Year, Ronaldinho, has been released from a high-security prison in Paraguay but was ordered to serve house arrest at a luxury hotel. Brazil's 2002 World Cup winner has been spending the past month behind bars in Paraguay after he tried to enter the country with a fake passport. He told local authorities in a hearing that the document was a gift from a Brazilian businessman who was also jailed. The former Barcelona star could spend up to five years in jail if convicted. In Formula One, the Canadian Grand Prix has become the latest event called off by the coronavirus. Details from the BBC's Jenny Gao. Montreal has become the ninth Formula One event to be cancelled of 2020. It means that the first Grand Prix due to take place at the moment would be the French Grand Prix on the 28th of June. Silverstone would follow shortly after that in the middle of July and they have said that a decision doesn't need to be taken until the end of April. But it's clear a lot of changes are being made to the Formula One calendar which looks like it's being ripped up. South Korea's Baseball League says it's aiming to resume play in early May, with preseason exhibition games as early as April the 21st. On Wednesday, the country recorded 53 new infections, the third consecutive day that has seen new cases around the 50 mark. The downward trend from a peak of 900 in late February is increasing the chances of the 10-team league to not only start in May, but also play a full 144-game season. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. To end the news, the top stories once again. The government expands social distancing measures and extends them for two weeks. And a legislator warns of another wave of COVID-19 infections. Now the lockdown on Wuhan has been lifted. The news from RTHK. I would be complex. I would be cool. They'd say I played the field before I found someone to commit to. And that would be okay. For me to do Every conquest I have made Would make me more of a boss to you I'd be a fearless leader I'd be an alpha type When everyone believes ya What's that like? I'm so sick of running as fast as I can Wondering if I'd get there quick Or if I was a man And I'm so sick of them Coming after you again Cause if I was a man I'd be the man I'd be the man 
put in the work They wouldn't shake their heads and question how much of this I deserve What I was wearing If I was rude Could all be separated from my good ideas and power moves And they would toast to me, oh Let the players play I'd be just like Leo In Saint-Tropez I'm so sick of running as fast as I can Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show this Wednesday afternoon. My name is Karen Coe, sitting in for Noreen Mir, and I'll be with you through till 3 o'clock this afternoon. A big thanks to James Ross for this morning's morning brew. It was great to come in and talk to him a little bit earlier. And um, if you were listening earlier, you'll know what I have in store for you on today's show. But in case you weren't, here's what's coming up. So after 1.30, we're going to find out about Gay and Grey, a support group for the elderly gay community in Hong Kong. I'm going to be talking with Dr. Travis Kong, who's Associate Professor from the Department of Sociology at the University of Hong Kong, about that group. School is in, but not open until the end of May now. We're just finding out all this news. So many school and university leavers are suffering a lot of disappointment as they pretty much see everything they've worked for in their final semester disappear because of coronavirus. So after two o'clock, I'll be joined by Dr. Anisha Abraham, who's a pediatrician and specialist in adolescent and teen health. She joins us on the line from Amsterdam to help us understand what these young adults are going through and how we can support them. And after 2.30, Cruz McCalligan will join us on the line with her latest audio column. Today, we're going to be talking about nightmares. If you want to reach me, you can contact me by email on kohk at rthk.hk or on Facebook.